Welcome to Relationships as Spiritual Practice, Bridging the Secular and Spiritual, with your host, Lachelle Lowe-Chardet, founder of Mindful Compassionate Dialogue and Wiseheart PDX. Hello, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for taking the time to connect to find more ways to connect, to fulfill your aspiration to be a connected spirit in this world. I hope that uh, what I have to offer today will be supportive for you in your path. Today I would like to talk about reigniting a sacred relationship to resources. And What I'm offering today is in large part inspired by Charles Eisenstein. We'll put a link below the podcast here to his website. I'm super grateful for his work. It's really opened my eyes in so many ways. And so my my goal is not to teach his work, but rather to bring compassion to the impact of our economy on you. There's a way in which when you're suffering, you can, because we live in a system that's so based on separation, it's easy to just blame yourself and to move towards self-improvement, which wonderful, like we all want more skill and understanding and clarity. And obviously I'm a big fan of that. And mm, I'm wanting to balance that view of there's something personally for you to improve and hopefully dissolve those critics and have a part of you say, oh, and compassion for the fact that you live in a system that doesn't support your wholeness. So I'm hoping this particular offering today supports you in bringing compassion for yourself, in understanding a little more clearly how the current mm, system of resource distribution does not support your wholeness. We're just going to touch on that. And the underlying needs that you could tend to in little ways to reconnect. Mm with what's sacred, with what's life-giving. So I'd like to start with empathy, three types of empathy, and then three types of practices. First, I want to offer empathy for listlessness and resignation. And I want to name as a stimulus or trigger for that sensation the system of mass production and the impersonalness of that. The objects that surround us that are made without love, without intention, without a thought towards beauty or uniqueness. That to be surrounded by objects in that way stills your very soul. And Charles Eisenstein said, 
I can't remember if it was, I think it was in his book, Sacred Economy. The very molecules of these objects cry out to participate in something beautiful. Hmm. This is natural. It's natural for all of life to want to be a part of something beautiful, something unique. And so when there's this flood of that which is produced without that energy, it steals away your inspiration and it leaves in its wake listlessness. Hmm. And that's not your fault. So just taking a moment to connect with that sense of listlessness or maybe it manifests as numbness for you or just kind of a malaise or a disconnection and to just offer compassion for that feeling and then as you're ready take all the time you need as you're ready connect with those underlying needs for inspiration creativity celebrating that which is unique In the second bit of suffering I'd like to offer you empathy for is this particular kind of exhaustion or mm, I want to say emptiness but not in the Buddhist sense emptiness in the sense of vacuousness or empty of life that often gives rise to the impulse to turn towards vacuous entertainment or grabbing some pleasurable food or other some other form of pleasure rather than turning towards connection that that is also not your fault <laughs> from the perspective of the system the economic system where we live in is designed to be infinitely expansive in a finite world. And so its purpose is to expand without regard to what it's serving. A growth that's utterly disconnected from the needs of living beings. That is a form of disconnection that is pervasive and pernicious and it has an impact on you. Your spirit, your body, your emotional body know that that's not right. <laughs> that, that that doesn't feel good for you to do your work in the world and whether you work in a hospital or or your bread maker or your home raising children you know that that is meant to exist in a system that meets needs not in a system that is outside of the purpose of your work 
you feel pressure to do more without any particular regard to the needs doing more would serve. So there's this tension and this exhaustion from that pulling. There's a you in there that knows whether intuitively or explicitly that you are meant to know the people you make bread for, that you are meant to deliver the bread and see their face and shake their hand and ask about their kids or their day or their garden. There's a you in there that knows if you're taking care of patients in a healthcare system, that you're meant to be a living example of a holistic life, of holistic health that that's meant to thrive in you alongside your wish for the thriving of your patients, or if you're tending a home and raising kids as your daily work, that you're meant to be in intimate collaboration with aunties and uncles and neighbors. You're not meant to be isolated, alone in your home. So when that sense of exhaustion from being pulled in a direction that has no connection to needs hits you. I invite you to pause and bring compassion for that sense and compassion for that impulse to turn towards pleasure to try and get a break from that. And connect with your knowing, your inner knowing. Ah. I know. I'm meant to be in community. I'm meant to live more connected to the people I serve, to my own heart. I'm meant to vibrate with wholeness in a living system that supports that. And grief and mourning might arise there. So I allow you, I invite you to allow that. And if that grief and mourning starts to slip into despair about our world, then I invite you to let that despair voice sit beside you and recenter yourself on that sense of knowing the truth of connection and community wholeness. And let that knowing feed you, nourish you, energize you. The last thing mm, I'd like to offer empathy for is dissatisfaction. Whether you are of the color of skin, the age, or the sexual orientation that this economic system oppresses, and discriminates against, or you are someone who it favors in those particular ways, although favor is a questionable word, in a system that disconnects us from ourselves. But we can't deny the physical needs 
for those who benefit from the system, the physical needs that are met, the comfort, right? Physical comfort. Regardless of where you are in that mix of how this mm, disconnected system works, it's difficult to be happy and content when you know the entire system is designed against you, against your heart, we might say, against your very longing to be whole, and that an economic system that pushes infinite growth in a finite world will never support you in creating balance and simplicity, will never support equity and the thriving for all in this world. That's really intense, right? That's very intense reality to live in, to live with. So I want to bring compassion for a level of dissatisfaction, mm, discontent that's in the air we breathe, that's not personal to you in a certain way. And perhaps in connecting with the bigness of that, you can take refuge in that it's shared and that spreads out the suffering. That as we hold this particular kind of suffering together, this grief, this knowing that so many suffer in this system, including ourselves in whatever particular way, that you're not alone in that, that you can feel yourself expand rather than tighten around dissatisfaction or discontent. That tightening, when you tighten around that, that's what pushes some of the behaviors that feed the monster like that pressure to produce and accumulate, to live up to some standard that is invented by the system itself that's not authentic for you. Working a certain number of hours a week or producing a certain quantity of stuff or whatever it is, achieving a certain level of prestige, whatever standard you've been conditioned into that's not real for you, not authentic for you. That's pulling on you, pushing on you, manipulating you. When you contract around your own sense of suffering, that conditioning can get the best of you. And it's a form of hmm, imprisonment, right? It's a form of taking you hostage. So that capacity to recognize your own discontent, dissatisfaction, and say, ah, it's not just me. It's okay to feel this way. 
let me use this dissatisfaction and discontent to enter compassion for all beings, including yourself. Ah, and you feel yourself expand, and you can be with that. And you can come back to the truth and to what you're longing for. You can remember that you have a unique gift to share in this world. A unique gift that when you give it, it makes your heart sing. And to remember that it's your nature to create something without knowing what you're doing or without it having a practical purpose that you can create just to create something without having to market it or capitalize on it. That you are a naturally creative being and creating something isn't a rational process that you have to understand that has to fit into some box. You want to create because it is your nature to do so. That's all. And you remember that you are designed to live in an intimacy with life, with the life in yourself, with the life in other people, with the life in animals, in plants, in objects. The objects in your home, your desk, your pen, your computer, those objects have a form of life, no matter how mass-produced they were. When you treat them as life, you are enhanced. It really doesn't matter what you believe about those objects, whether they have consciousness or energy, whether you believe all that. I believe they have energy and consciousness of their own. But it doesn't matter so much. What matters is that you treat them with kindness, with sacredness. That brings you life. That is a sacred relationship with physical resources. Okay. So let's briefly take a look at some possibilities for practice. So as you connect with the need for inspiration, that's where we started. And we started with the suffering of listlessness, which I connect directly to the need for inspiration. You might connect it differently. I invite that. A simple thing to do to help with inspiration is to give something in your home or your neighborhood that is unique and beautiful, more of your attention. If it's something in your home, take a moment to remember the story of that thing. To remember who created it, how it came to you, and what it inspires in you. Noticing its texture, form, color, shape, how it reflects the light. The simplest thing can be an inspiration if we just take an extra moment with it. If it's something in your neighborhood, like a mural or a little neighborhood library in someone's yard that someone created, or 
In Portland, we have little cob benches and little neighborhood circles, and people paint on the street there. What is, it, what is it in your neighborhood that is unique, that is beautiful to you in some way, that is in an attempt to express from the heart? Ask yourself that question, notice what that is, and take a little extra time with that. Learn the story of it, look it up. How was that mural created? Or ask that person if it's their little li library in their yard, what's the story behind the creation of that? Move into relationship with something beautiful. And in the second thing we offered empathy for, we talked about wholeness, right? And the symptom for that, the need for wholeness, is exhaustion and the impulse to turn towards an immediate pleasure for distraction and escape. A practice I offer for that is to set your intention to fully turn toward the person in front of you even if just for a moment. Last night I was getting a cup of chai at a little, mm, it was a Starbucks inside of Safeway. Somebody gave me a Starbucks card over the holidays. So I was getting a chai and there were two young men behind the counter. I'm telling you this story to tell you some of the risk in this practice. And I was bringing my attention towards them, attempting to be fully present with them as they were. And what I encountered was mm, two young men so disconnected. One, I think, was very overwhelmed. And the other, hiding, he seemed to be hiding from his own being. His hair was completely in front of his eyes. I'm not sure how he could see anything. And the other young man was listless almost like it was dubious about whether he wanted to be in this life or not. I don't know, for obviously, what kind of suffering he was going through. But I just turned my full attention towards them anyway. There was no response from them, no kindling in them, having received my full attention, my wishes for their well-being that I expressed in whatever way, have a good night or however I said it. But in that moment, I refused to enter into this malaise of disconnect that our system produces, that those two young men, in my perception, were caught in in that moment. And I felt the full impact of grief with it not receiving a response for them, not being able to find the life in them, not even a second of eye contact, right? I felt the grief of, oof, the impact of the system we live in. So I invite you to take a break. <laughs> take a break sounds funny. Mm, to find a moment of freedom by choosing to fully attend to the person in front of you, regardless of their response. 
Another practice I could invite there in seeking wholeness is to choose something this week that you could do by yourself and ask for help anyway. Invite someone into your life. Give someone an opportunity to enter your life. See collaboration as something that's much bigger than an immediate practicality. For me, the magic of collaboration is way beyond the practicality of getting some task done. It's about uniting our efforts to move through this life in a way that's whole and connected and supportive. Okay, the last one. For intimacy, creativity, play, and meaning, when this symptom of discontent and dissatisfaction arises. I invite you to choose a moment when you have the impulse to do the next thing on your task list, to produce, to close your eyes, to take a breath. To invite your body to relax, regardless of how little or how much it's willing to. That's okay. Maybe you stay mobilized throughout this whole exercise. But to close your eyes anyway. And to dream of what you might like to create. Maybe it's something completely impractical. Maybe you want to create a life-size painting of a sea turtle and you have nowhere to hang it, nothing you want to do with it at all. (laughs) I have a thing for sea turtles. You probably know that. You can see them in my background. I don't have any idea why I'm connected to sea turtles or why I like painting them. It doesn't matter. It brings brings me joy. You, it might be, if you're very disconnected from that desire to create from the heart, then you might recall in your freest moments of life, it might have been in childhood, it might not have been. In your freest moments, what did you naturally turn towards? What do you naturally turn towards? in a moment of freedom. Hold that question in your heart. And if nothing comes, you've planted a seed in your consciousness and that's already a lot. That's already stepping outside your own conditioning and the systems which conditioned you. Hmm. I really hope this was helpful for you. I feel such incredible inspiration and passion for coming together with you and stepping outside the systems in play, not knowing how those systems will fall and new ones will arise, 
but knowing that in little moments we can say, I won't. I won't participate. For this moment, I won't. And that's a lot. That's a lot. If we all have a moment every day that we do that, those moments will add up. In my mind, they will add up into a form of consciousness that shifts like in this glacial way. (laughs) That's what I believe. And you matter. You're important. What you do matters. What you do contributes to these larger shifts that we want to make towards connection towards an equal flow of resources, towards a sacredness of resources, towards a view that connects resources to the actual needs of living beings. Thank you so much for being with me today, radiating so much love from my heart to yours. You can learn more about Mindful Compassionate Dialogue and find free resources, live offerings, and self-paced workshops online at www.wiseheartpdx.org. You can also connect with Wiseheart on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, or by emailing info at wiseheartpdx.org.